Ladies and gentlemen, this is the BU Hockey Show. Thanks for one-timer. Down low for Cockrell. In front, Curry scores! BU moving it well, and a shot and a goal! Mueller deeks, saved by Schroeder! Got an opportunity for a shot, and she scores! Welcome into episode 19 of the BU Hockey Show. we got another special edition for you. I'm Patrick Donnelly. With me is Brady Gardner. How are we today, Brady? I'm doing great, Patrick. Excited for this one. I'm excited as well because we're also joined by Hockey East Commissioner Steve Metcalf. How's it going today, Steve? Thank you for joining us. Yeah, great to see you guys and uh, happy to talk some hockey with you. Yeah, this is exciting, Patrick. You know, we had Brian Smith, the Associate Commissioner. The only way you can one-up that one is to go to the Commissioner himself. Um, and obviously, there are a lot of questions out there right now. So I'm looking forward to, you know, trying to get a few answers, uh, you know, inform the people. And it's just interesting, obviously. So it should be good. Yeah, we're, we're moving on up in the, in the world <laughs> in the Hockey East food chain. Um, mm. But yeah, very excited to be joined by Steve and hopefully get some questions answered today. Sure. I think uh, maybe we can start with the scheduling because obviously that's been a big talking point this year, you know, going to week by week scheduling and working it out kind of as you go. Uh, yeah. We talked to Brian about his role and kind of coming up with the ideas a week in advance and then passing it by, uh, you know, other like the schools themselves, the office, all that. Um, what's your role then in that weekly schedule planning? Well, uh, first off, I think, uh, I guess I'm curious if you, if you agree that the week by week is the way to go, but, uh, but we felt very strongly that it was the best model for us. Um, you know, we could use current information on teams availability, which was obviously ever changing. And then, uh, you know, make the maximum number of games for everyone that wanted to play. And I think we were generally very successful at doing that. I think there were only a couple weekends when we had a team that was healthy, uh, that didn't play. And so trying to get everyone games, um, you know, I think that that model, although some of the other commissioners were like, oh my goodness, I can't believe you're doing that. But they they wouldn't be able to do it in their conference because of their geography and, and, and we could. Um, I think, you know, Brian went through a lot of the details of this, but just to, you know, a, maybe a quick recap is usually uh, Brian and I together on a Thursday in the office today, um, we start scratching out, um, you know, he has some ideas, I have some ideas, we kind of put it together, we s take a look and see how we like it, then we go into the weekend's games, uh, sometimes the results of that weekend might play into some tweaks. And then obviously the big thing is uh, schools availability. And so it could be a COVID situation or it could be um, their avail availability to host games on certain days, you know, on their campus due to, you know, basketball or in this case, like football in the town or lacrosse or soccer or anything else that might be going on. And then um, I guess I'm having a lot of communication over the weekend with ADs and administrators about some of the details. We go back and look at it again on Sunday, um, Sunday night, maybe a little more intensely because then the games are all over for the weekend and people are then really interested in kind of where we are uh, and what we're thinking about. So we're teasing out some of the information to some of the schools on Monday morning, we send it out to the schools. And then as you know, Tuesday afternoon uh, gets publicly released after we've finalized all the, the details, uh, which are usually uh, time and television. Uh, and then, then that's all packaged together for Tuesday at three o'clock, which um, it's amazing. Uh, I'm sure you guys are attuned to Tuesday at three. This is coming out, but it's amazing how many other people are. And, um, you know, it's I think it's made for like a 
you know, kind of a fun Tuesday afternoon events. So I guess that's, you know, maybe I'm a little biased, but, but I think it's a fun event on Tuesday. And quite frankly, the schools and the coaches, uh, you know, they're finding out on Monday, but uh, generally everyone's been, been cool with uh, that approach. Um, you know, finding out who they're going to play, you know, less than a week before they play them. And it's, and it's given us the chance, like I said, to play the most games. Yeah, I'm sure you wouldn't want to do this every year, but considering no, you've had no, I wouldn't to, want to do it any more years. I wouldn't <laughs> do it any more years. It's worked out, though. You know, I think uh, you found a way to do it pretty much as well as it could have been done. So I agree with that thought process. Uh, and this week especially, you know, it feels like, you know, this one was kind of the grand finale of it all, where you have every team in action. Uh, in most of them, just one game. Some of them, you know, we had BU before it got canceled, obviously, scheduled to play against UNH and then UMass Lowell. And so this is something you hadn't done yet this season, going for this one game approach, yep. getting everybody games. Um, yep. Just talk about the, kind of the thought process that went into this final week of games. Well, so, so on, on every week of games, you've got, uh, you know, a million variables. Obviously, I've touched on some of them, uh, you know, COVID and uh, team availability, but also facility availability, trying to make uh, new matchups. Uh, for teams as much as possible. So if we're doing a five series on the men's side, and I guess say, say we're doing four or five on the women's side, as many new matchups as we could possibly do when it's not going to be all new. And then trying to be a little strategic about uh, some of the opponents, um, you know, often there's like a mutually beneficial situation that uh, two teams playing each other. And then in some cases you've got, um, some rivalry games like, um, you know, BU, uh, BUBC, for example, like, you know, we took a couple of cracks at that before we finally got it done, but, uh, that was, you know, games that we thought were important to play. Um, and then, so this weekend we had a unique situation where we had all 11 men's teams on the final weekend available. So we said, okay, we gotta, we can't sit anyone this weekend. We've got to give everyone at least one. Keep in mind, there are six teams that are going to play the following Wednesday. So they wouldn't necessarily be interested in two before going into that. We've got a few teams, um, your BU Terriers amongst them, that are uh, lighter on the, the uh, total game. So I think a uh, good idea to get them um, still two-game weekends whenever possible, although that went awry. And, um, you know, still trying to find some new matchups on the last weekend and and maybe in a couple of cases, uh, give teams an opportunity to jump up or give teams an opportunity to settle once and for all, like who might be better amongst these two teams this weekend if they'd split the series, uh, give them a third game and try and, and try and settle it. And, um, and then also overlaying all of that, um, you know, the, uh, the facility and school's availability to host, which I can tell you is getting much, much more difficult because soccer, field hockey, volleyball, lacrosse, and even football games. And so UNH has a football game uh, tomorrow night. So they couldn't host a hockey game on Friday, March 5th because of a football game, if you can believe it. So, but those are, you know, real world 2021 academic year uh, athletic scheduling issues that we never had to face before. So, you know, when we got done with all of that, we came up with a schedule, which we thought was pretty good. Um, and, you know, we lost one game. Hopefully we don't lose any more, but uh, that, that's where we are. Mm-hmm. Cool. Patrick, do you have anything? Um, 
I guess just if we want to move on to um, the kind of the talk of the town, I guess, all over Twitter and everything, um, oh, yeah. just happy. How, what was the thought process there? How did, how did you guys come up with, with that system? Well, we wanted to come up with something that w- would make people talk about us. And I think we've done that. So um, we, you know, we thought as, as I'm sure you guys would agree that there was, uh, there was a lot of imperfections in um, doing your standings and seedings by points. That's obviously has a big flaw. Um, winning percentage, also flawed. Percentage of points earned, also flawed. Uh, because of the disparity in number of games and the strength of schedule. And with, the, with both of those teams not controlling who they played, we were controlling that. And so in some other leagues, the disparity amongst games played was, was not as great as Hockey East. Um, but quite frankly, they, they do have, they did have some of the same challenges that we do because they were playing the same opponents multiple times, um, losing games that you might want to have some equity in the schedule. Um, you know, I'm just thinking of some examples in some of the leagues, whether, you know, a team in the middle might be playing the top team over and over again, just because of circumstances. So we thought those a way to um, put in something that would, would help um, help smooth out some of those, you know, rough edges, if you will, with uh, how to do this. So we went to something that um, I'm quite familiar with on my time with the NCAA, like basically stealing uh, from the NCAA playbook. Uh, the NCAA committee has, um, you know, um, website that they use that only they have access to but but obviously I was familiar with it and uh, so we could basically take some of the components of that and customize it to for hockey east and um, and you know use some of the um, some of the ingredients that uh, hockey coaches were familiar with and some of the ads were familiar with and then give us you know, give us a better way to seed our teams this year in, in such an uneven year, but it would also make every single game count. So every game that got played would count and it could have an impact on, you know, if, um, you know, BU was playing uh, UNH today and uh, UNH had beaten so-and-so and so-and-so had beaten so-and-so and the results of UMass and Northeastern would have an impact on this and that. Every game had a, had a, yeah, a you know, was worth something and, and factored into to, uh, the equation, which I thought was a real benefit. So, you know, obviously many people, uh, and I'm sure I include both of you, are quite interested in like what the secret sauce is. Um, but, you know, obviously to date, uh, we haven't felt the need to share it. Um, I guess it's made for good conversation. So here we are talking about it. So that keeps us, it, you know, keeps us talking about it. But also I think to be fair, if we were kind of pulling back the curtain on that, we'd be pulling back the curtain on things that, you know, that uh, others wouldn't want us to pull back the curtain on. And quite frankly, I don't think is, is necessary to. Um, so, you know, right now we've left it in the, um, 
you know, the, the formula for Coca-Cola is in a big safe down in Atlantic, uh, Atlanta. So we put our formula right next to the Coca-Cola formula and it's in the safe down in Atlanta. So it's safe. It's true, you know, and if it is kind of derived from the same idea as the NCAA, then I can see how it might be difficult to, you know, release your formula and not give up a, a little bit of theirs, right? So that's probably where it gets tricky. Um, I guess yes, my, because we because we had someone help us with it. I'm not that good at math, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, the person that helped us work on it, you know, wouldn't be interested in us sharing his work. So okay, we can we can honor that. Uh, right. So maybe, you know, it, it can't be possible to share like the exact, you know, formula in terms of number values for, you know, any given win. And maybe it's not even that simple. Right. Um, but just trying to understand kind of the components that go into it. So I think, you know, like just a, you know, made up scenario, you know, let's say BU beats UMass Lowell this Saturday. Right. BU probably gains some points because they won. But also BU could gain points because their strength of schedule improved with other games that happened. BU could gain points for having won on the road. What else is there? Is there any other, you know, bonus elements that can add things in? Well, you know, I guess at the heart of it is, you know, comparing uh, your result against the opponent against that, that opponent's complete body of work. And that body of work is constantly changing based on all the games getting played in the league. And so it's not done in a vacuum. There is... Uh, a factor in there for road and home and which we thought was also um, important to consider this year because again people didn't control how many home or away games they played and we, we hope that for a lot of schools that might be about you know 50 50 but but it's turned out not to be the case because of a variety of circumstances that you know sometimes are beyond everyone's control and then obviously we've got the main situation and, uh, you know, they played every game on the road. And I think, you know, having a, a road win factor is, is a good idea, but it's a, even a better idea when you've got one team at such a massive disadvantage this year. And I guess just, I guess we got a, a little bit of a case study here. Okay. Um, so BU and UMass, they are separated by decimal points, mm-hmm. but Brady is doing God's work, kind of figuring all of this out. Um, and feeding me information, but BU has the better points percentage, similar strength of schedule, higher or more away games. What what are we? Is there anything specific we're missing that is available to be shared that that goes into that? Short answer is no. Um, I mean, it's there's a, there's a lot of uh, math behind it, um, but obviously, you know, it's. Um, I guess it's math that's familiar to those on the inside of college hockey that uh, have been involved in the NCAA selections for, for years and years. Uh, but even if I wanted to, I don't think I could really give you, you know, as, as deeper presentation on all the, the math behind it. I'm actually looking over here on my other screen. I'm looking at the, if, if, if I could turn my computer around, Brady, you would, do it, you would do die it, do it. <laughs> because over here is like the, the, you know, the, all the inside stuff and all the, you know, the details of it, uh, you know, just because I knew you'd, you'd have questions about it. So I pulled it up just to, to look at it, but, you know, strength of schedule is something that you noted. And, you know, we try and, um, we try and be sensitive to that when we're 
when we're doing the weekly schedules. Um, you know, and quite frankly, we're also, you know, you get to the point that at this point in the year when you're thinking about the NCAA tournament, and uh, obviously we'd like to get as many teams in as possible. So, you know, a little bit, uh, you know, start to think about positioning for some of our teams for that. Right. And, uh, you know, one of the other popular talking points, and this is kind of the last thing about the formula, um, is, you know, does playing more games help? Because we see a team like UVM has only played a dozen and then other teams, you know, like uh, the UMass, Providence, whoever else that have played about 20, you know, does it give them an advantage to have played more games? I don't think it gives them an advantage to play more games. And I guess what we were hoping to do here is take out you know, any advantage, disadvantage between playing more or less games. But I think when, when you play more games, like you're always going to have opportunities to improve your situation. So, you know, that's the way I look at it. I think sometimes people might look at it, or oh, this is like a tough weekend. We got two tough opponents or we're playing two games and someone else is playing one. Well, you've got opportunities to improve your situation. Like if you look at things like the glass might be half full, well, go take advantage of those opportunities. If you look at it half empty and you think, oh, we're going to lose these games. Well, <laughs> you might. Um, but, you know, I think opportunities for teams to go do something in a game, um, I, you know, I think everyone wants to play more games. I mean, every single team in our league, even the teams that played less games, they wished they'd been able to play more games. The players want to play games. And that's been a consistent message that we've heard from everyone. So, you know, we've tried to give people games. And as you, as you know, uh, we've done a number of midweek games when we can. Um, and, you know, generally I think teams have, have liked doing them. Um, sometimes it makes for a busy week, but, you know, again, it goes back to if you went to any locker room and said to the players, you want to play more games or less games, they're all going to say play more games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and you've said your, your state on the, uh, on releasing the formula, which seems like a pretty definitive no, but you know, in a world where right now we have BU and BC coming down to the, or actually it's BU and UMass. Now it was BU BC kind of coming down to the wire in the standings, you know, and it's important, right. It could determine whether or not the championships played at Kelly rink or played, you know, in Mullen center, right. It, those are big things there. So if it does end up being decided by just decimal points, do you see, you know, maybe there'll be pressure or you'll feel the need to have to release the formula at some point or at least some consideration of it? I, I don't think so, but, you know, I don't know. I, I don't think so, but uh, I think everyone, you know, uh, the people that are closest to this, obviously the ADs and to some degree the coaches, like, are, I think they're generally comfortable with what we're doing and uh, the people that, you know, know more about this, uh, certainly within the AD group, uh, you know, thought this was much better than any other idea. So, you know, we're, we're, we're comfortable with what we're doing. It is what it is. Trust the math, right? Yeah. I mean, look, you know, these games, like people, you know, when you look at these top teams, like they've, they've had some success against each other. It should be close. Um, you know, and, you know, then you've got some more, a couple more games for everyone. Maybe that's kind of sorts it out a little bit, uh, you know, and then you go into the playoffs and you have another crack at it. But, you know, to the, am I worried or concerned that some of these are close? No, because I think those teams are close. You know, I could make a good argument for 
you know, any one of those top teams, if you wanted me to, or, um, you know, or not because of, of their resume and, um, you know, they've all got some quality wins, so that they should all be in the mix at the top of the, of the standings. And just looking at another kind of big talking point that's kind of gotten on Twitter a lot, in the, especially in the last week or so, um, the decision not to award regular season champions. Could you go through what went into that decision? Well, so I guess I could answer this very, very quickly, I think. I mean, I think there's some on Twitter that think, you know, that we in the hockey's office just dropped that up one day um, and decided they were not going to do it. But of course we wouldn't do that. Um, would it surprise you that the coaches didn't win a award a regular season? And the ADs didn't win a award regular season, so we didn't award one. I mean, it's really as simple as that. You know, it's not, it's not hockey's not wanting to do something. We, you know, we move as the as the membership uh, wants us to move, and uh, maybe that's surprising to folks that, uh, you know, there were uh, a number of coaches and ADs that thought this, you know, because of the unevenness of this season, that um, that was something that just didn't make sense to do this year. So, so we didn't. And, you know, obviously plenty of people have taken shots at us for it or, or thought that, you know, Brian and Kate and I just one day decided we're not going to do it. Well, no, that's not true at all. We would, we would move as the, uh, as the membership wanted us to move. And, and um, I don't think anyone second guessed that decision within the schools. Although certainly on Twitter, people have second guessed it. <laughs> it's a, quite it's a, a bit. dangerous place sometimes for a. That's right. For that's you guys right. In the hockey's office. It's it's scary that's, out there. <laughs> um, that's right. But you know, at, we 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 know like you know what went into the decision, and so you know, we're we're comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, now you you're beyond the regular season for the women. Obviously, you just had the semifinals yesterday. Men, you know, it was finishing up their regular season. Uh, but with the women's playoffs being kind of ahead of the men's, do you feel like you've you know maybe learned anything through how the women's playoffs have gone that you might put towards planning the men's playoffs? Uh, n- nothing that immediately comes to mind. But the, the women's playoffs, I mean, you know, I'm sure you've you've uh, paid attention to some of the games. Like the games last night were were tremendous. Two unbelievable games, very close, both of them. Um, you know, and playoff hockey is just, it's the best. It's the best kind of hockey. And I think uh, the women's playoffs never disappoints. The games are always close. And that's absolutely what happened last night. Um, you know, to some degree, these playoffs and this format, you know, it's a little bit of a, uh, to some degree, like an extension of the regular season, how we're doing it. You know, we're not going to one site like we normally would do it. Uh, but we all felt this was the way that we could be most successful with our playoffs. And, and so far, so good, knock on wood, uh, that's been the case. And so, you know, we're hoping that uh, everyone will be available and, uh, you know, we can play all the games that uh, the playoffs uh, schedule, you know, lays out for us. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's certainly a milestone when you get to the end of the regular season. So we got to the end of the women's regular season, men's obviously this weekend, and then, and then another milestone when you complete the playoffs. And on the women's side, we've played one, we've played five, six, seven games, and we have one more to play. So, uh, you know, knock on wood, we were, um, you know, we're one game away from completing our, our women's season. And kind of just going back to something you mentioned earlier in the show, um, that you want to return to a normal schedule. You don't want to do mm-hmm. it week by week now. 
Um, is it possible that something else sticks around, if, whether that's Hepi? What do you, can you see that moving on to, to future seasons or go back to the normal um, system? Yeah, we'll probably go back to the normal system, but, um, but, I'm, but I'm not sure. That's a good question, Patrick, because as I'm sure you both know, we have an unbalanced schedule on the men's side where they play 24 games. Um, so they play four extra games against, you know, so four teams they play three times um, and everyone else twice. And so, you know, because of that, perhaps we uh, think about, you know, how we might use something because of that un unbalance that we have. But um, it's certainly not not top of mind to carry it forward. I mean, we'd like to get everything back to normal as much as possible. And and we, you know, we often dream about just doing a schedule for the entire year and it not changing. That sounds really delightful compared to what we've been doing this year. Yeah. And you mentioned, you know, this year, obviously, and, and it's been talked about plenty that this is your first as commissioner, right? Thrown into the fire a little bit. Um, so, you know, we, we didn't really need to go way into that because plenty of people have talked about it, obviously. But, you know, now that you're through basically, you know, a season in charge, a weird one, of course, um, just how do you feel like it's all gone from your perspective? Well, I think it's gone, you know, I think we've been pretty successful. So, you know, we've played, um, We've played a bunch of games, and I think that's uh, you know a barometer of your success, um, both on the men's, men's and women's side. On the women's side, we played far more games than any other league in the country, and on the men's side, we're you know we're probably right in the ballpark with with uh, everyone else. Uh, surprisingly close, actually, between some of the other conferences and hockey's how many games we played. So I think that's a success. A success. Um, you know, I, I've said to many people, like, a couple things about this year. One is, you know, I enjoy the work, and I enjoy the, 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 the people at the schools. That most of them I've known a long time. I think we've got a great staff here. So, you know, when you enjoy the work and the people you're doing it with, that's, you know, makes it, um, makes it better. It makes it easier. Uh, but certainly this year has been super challenging, um, sometimes stressful, um, you know, ever-changing. And, you know, we're all dealing with, um, you know, stuff that we never had to deal with before, but now, you know, um, you want to get better at uh, problem solving. This is, this is how you do it. You solve all these problems and then um, you get better at it. And I think this is a year that, you know, everyone at the schools and, you know, everyone here at Hockey East office, we're, we've improved our problem solving skills this year. Well, we're right up against how long we had you for. Um, That's all I had and, anyway, so this works out. <laughs> yeah, this, this is all I had as well. Um, again, thank you for parking some time with us. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure it's very informative for the listeners. Yes, I hope I hope it was. Same for me. And, uh, you know, when we uh, when we stop the recording, you can just turn the camera around so I can see the <laughs> formula, please. That'd be great. <laughs> Look, it's great. It was great talking with you guys. Look, I appreciate your uh, interest in um, in college hockey and hockey East. Um, I think it's great that we've, you know, the two of you follow so closely and, and pay attention and supply, sometimes just amplify, you know, the stuff we're talking about. Um, and you keep happy in the news. So we appreciate you doing that. So keep talking about that. Um, we, you know, we did talk about like trademarking and we'd like sell it to the other hockey conferences, but uh uh, it was so late in the season. They were all, you know, I think uh, befuddled by what we had done and how we had done it so quickly, but we had been working on it for a while before we unveiled it. But anyway, yeah, great to see you guys. Great talking to you and uh, enjoy being with you.
That was Steve Metcalf, hockey's commissioner. Thank you again to him for parking about a half hour of his time this morning. Um, but plenty to unpack there, Brady. Yeah, it's it's a lot. You know, I don't think it's as much as some people would have wanted, right? You know, we wanted him to come out and just open the treasure chest, and here's the happy everybody. Turn his computer screen over to the happy. I can't believe he said that. What a tease! But you know, it's <laughs> it's true. I mean, if, if there are implications beyond Hockey East with releasing that formula, you know, how are you going to blame Hockey East, right? And so I think it's a it's a good escape for the conference, obviously, but it, it's a equally good reason, you know. And so you hope that. It doesn't come down to the wire and, you know, some people think this hockey's thinks this and they just don't match. Right. It feels like that's inevitable. Um, but I think their reasoning seems solid and uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm excited to see how it all ends up. You know, it, it, he's not totally broken down, which is impressive from a new commissioner in this season, right? He's here to do a podcast at nine 30 in the morning on a Thursday after the women's semifinals last night. You know, I think, uh, it, you know, from that was my first conversation with him. Really it seems yeah. like they got the right guy in charge. Uh, to take over for the legendary Joe Britannia. So, yeah, I yeah think, excited uh, to see what he can do during a normal year or what, what, well, what things look like normally, you know? And that was another nice thing, too, because, you know, there's the conversation of like, oh, well, you know, maybe this changes things. Maybe they go to the happy every year. And I think there, <laughs> there would be uh, some controversy to come with that. So it was nice to see him be a little hesitant with that one and say, yeah, we'll probably go back to normal. Um, and it is refreshing, obviously, to think about a normal season, the double round robin just going by points. You know, it's so different than what we've done this year, um, but it's it would be nice. so refreshing to think about not having to stop and start and mm-hmm. just plow on through the, through the year. That's right. Um, but the only other big thing was the regular season champions talking point. Um, I guess, you know, and in my p- opinion, you know, yes, it's annoying right now. And, you know, it breaks Northeastern streak of being regular season champions, whatever. And it's going to look weird on their banners when they have, you know, 19, 20, Where's 21, 22, 23, you know, like assuming they keep this going. But at the same time, I think, and the athletic directors around the schools, the administration, all that, they probably agree. Like the regular season championship only means so much. Like that's not the hill to die on, you know, obviously it's nice and it's nice for those schools that win it, but there are bigger things and chances are, if you won the regular season, you know, you're not going to be happy with your season unless you also win the postseason. So, you know, it only means so much. And I think even just in a year, like we probably won't care about it all that much. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a regular season championship. Everyone in the, in the NHL, everyone's like, ah, it's just the president's trophy. Um, so it, it only it's at the end of the day, 10 years from now, no one's going to remember it. Um, someone might be like, hey, you know, like remember when that crazy thing happened. But other than that, it's not going to be a sticking point in the side of anyone long-term, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is good to say or to know that, hey, it wasn't a hockey thing. It was more of the athletic departments. That's so right. I, th- it, I know, think it's good to have that clarity. The overarching theme is that it's not just the however many people in the hockey East office just, you know, standing around the water cooler and saying, hey, you know, why don't we uh, just not have a regular season championship? Or uh, why don't we just use this math formula? And, you know, it'll make sense. There's a lot of people that are making these decisions from a a lot of positions that are more important than ours, more important than, you know, most talking heads out there uh, and people that just know more, right? Oh, we're talking heads now. We're talking heads, Patrick. That's what we are. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, good conversation with Steve. I I appreciate him coming on the show. I don't know where we go from here. We've talked to the associate commissioner and the commissioner, you know, what's next? Well, I was thinking, you know, last year we got into some uh, current players in BU hockey teams or, Hey, maybe we can, you know, get some alumni. Um, Alumni, Ooh, 
I mean, off season, maybe people got some time, you know, come chat on the show, but yeah, that's all I got today, Patrick. That's all I got. So about a half hour show for you. We had hockey commissioner, Steve Metcalf on again. Thank you to him. Thank you to Brian Smith earlier in the month, kind of getting or last month now coming on and kind of explaining things and Steve coming on and kind of just backing up elaborating elaborating on brian because we got some more information since brian came on and steve had the and steve came on and elaborated for us as you said bingo um but again thank you so much for listening you'll find me on twitter at pat don 12 brady at brady d gardner wtb sports at wtb sports sites.bu.edu slash sports or slash wtb slash sports excuse me um just google wtb radio it's all there um bu lowell this saturday and we'll see you next time (laughs) 